0: Hey, it's Scott Orndorff at Cruise Consulting, and today we are having a venture debt nerd out. We are going to talk about a ton of venture debt. We're going to answer a bunch of questions, and joining me is Healy Jones, head of Cruise Consulting's financial modeling group. Hey, Welcome, Healy.
1: Yeah, nice to be here. Uh,
0: and Healy is going to fire away.
1: Sounds good. So yeah, let's just let's just talk a little bit about venture debt trends. I think uh, first of all maybe 45 seconds uh, for people who don't know about what what is Venture Debt.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Venture Debt is, is essentially taking a loan from a highly specific kind of lender, either a startup bank like SVB, Square One, Bridge Bank, Comerica, or a fund like Triple Point or WTI that specializes in making loans to startups that are losing money. And the natural question is, why would you ever loan money to a company losing money? And the answer is in this small segment of the world, venture capital backed startups have a different repayment source than traditional companies, which is usually cash flow. They are able to pay back loans based on equity that they get from the VCs. And so whenever a startup hits a bunch of milestones and is able to raise a new round of funding, they can pay back some of the debt they borrowed before and, or take on debt from a lender. And so the lender is basically betting that the startup has a great market opportunity, really strong management, uh, really interesting product, and great investors who will support the company in tough times. And they are betting that they will, get, by giving a little bit of extra money to the startup, that will uh, enable a startup to hit their funding milestones and raise the next round of capital. Does that make sense?
1: Sure, so from the startup CEO's perspective, Venture debt is a way to get a little extra runway, maybe de-risk hitting certain milestones while not giving up like a big equity chunk. Uh, In exchange though, you are taking some debt onto the business and obviously debt changes your capital structure and introduces a little bit different type of a risk into the
0: business. You said it perfectly. They're taking a little bit extra money to de-risk the next round. And the reason why is they're, they're basically buying additional cash runway. And it does kind of increase the risk profile of the company and that if you don't hit your milestones it can be tough to raise more money can be tough to get insiders to pony up again but if things are working it's an incredible tool it's super friendly for the founders because remember when they raise vc dollars they're the ones bearing all the dilution they're selling shares of a company they basically own and selling 20 percent every time they raise venture capital money so getting a little bit extra money with only a little bit of dilution in the form of some just additional warrants in exchange for agreeing to pay this money back is very very founder friendly
1: okay great so how does a startup ceo know if their startup can get venture debt and how do they estimate how much they can get you know just to even make sure it's worth their while it's like ten thousand dollars it's Pretty sure they've got other things they should spend their time on. But if it's $5 bucks, maybe, maybe,
0: it, yeah. maybe it means something. It's typically kind of 25 to 40% of whatever your equity raise was. And there's an old saying, you have to have money to get money, right? Like we all kind of heard that. So you want to do a venture debt deal right when you raise new equity. Because at that point, there's no adverse selection problems. The VCs obviously love the company because they just put a bunch of capital in. That means the lenders can kind of rely on their underwriting that includes the VCs and rely on what the VCs are saying. What you don't wanna do is try to raise venture debt when you've got like three months of cash left because the the lenders are gonna ask themselves, why are the VCs not putting more money into this company? Why are they trying to get me, a new person on the outside, to put more capital in? So do it when you first raise a bunch of equity. What do you need to get venture debt? You need to have, again, exciting market opportunity differentiated technology good management team and milestones that are achievable but that will get you another round of capital if you think about the lender is really underwriting the next round of capital so when the lender gives you the money you spend it to hit your milestones then when you bring that next round in you're going to start paying the lender back on a monthly basis that de risks them that's how they get their money back so again it's all about raising that next round of equity for the lender
1: Okay, so a startup, first of all, can hopefully raise somewhere between 25 to 40% of whatever their most recent round was. So if you raise $10 million, you might be able to get two and a half to $4 million. So that's a that's a substantial extra amount of cash which could theoretically give you some significant runway, right?
0: Exactly. I mean that's I usually say 3 to 6 months of additional cash runway is what you want. So regardless of what your burn is, you know, that's another kind of benchmark because if you take more than 6 months, you're probably taking too much debt. And it could work out for you. You could just be a rocket ship company and hit all your milestones, but if you don't, then there's a debt overhang and You know, you're going to go to your insiders and ask them to put more money in and they're going to look at the cap table and say, like, well, every dollar I'm putting in, the lenders get their money out first. I don't know if I want to do this. It's not exciting. And remember, you're only going to the insiders when you're usually not hitting your milestones. So it's already kind of a tough sell to them. And then having a big debt overhang makes it even tougher.
1: Okay, And then, you know, how does a startup CEO know if they can raise or not one? Um, you probably should have recently raised your most recent venture out. So yeah. you're not doing it when you're on your run out of gas. It's, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always. I, I work for a, an investment banker guy who always said it's, it's best to raise money when you don't need it. So it's it's, that's, a, that's another one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Secondly, it sounds like the lenders are looking for all the same VC stuff, right? Exactly. exactly. Okay. And then third, they're going to, unlike the next VC, they're really fixated on the next round
0: exactly well everyone is the the vc who just put money into the company is fixated on next round too they will all they will give guidance and target milestones that that gives the company a good chance of raising the next round. So like the whole venture capital ecosystem is kind of designed that you put your money into the company and then someone else funds the next check. That is what everyone's trying to do all the way up through the ecosystem, all the way to SoftBank. SoftBank's putting their money in and the next check is the public markets and an IPO. You know, that's how the world works. Great.
1: And then I think a final point, which you may or may not have mentioned is the uh, prestige of the, VCs that you have matters as well.
0: It's hugely important. And so getting uh, the top tier VCs makes your life easier in many different ways, recruiting, getting introductions to customers and getting them to take you seriously. Also lenders. Lenders know that the best reputation VC firms invest. best VC partners look at the best deals. And so if they're able to invest in the company, that makes the world easier because they have, I always joke that there's like a speed dial. The Series A investors have a speed dial. So if you work at Sequoia or Kosla or Andreessen Horowitz or Benchmark or whatever, when your company is coming up for their next fundraise, you're going to make five phone calls and introduce them to five different other VCs that you like, that you had a productive working environment with before. And that's the speed dial. those series B investors actually are kind of lucky. They've developed relationships with these top tier VC firms the same way the lenders are. And so having these guys be able to make these calls on your behalf, de-risk the funding of the next round. And that's what the lenders care about. They want that company to raise the next round. They also know the top tier VCs often stick with their companies, kind of irrationally actually. Like oftentimes they'll keep putting money into the company even though it's not clear it's going to work. And that's because they're interested in demonstrating they're good investors. They have a reputation of helping and are there for the company and downside. So those are all really attractive to a lender.
1: So let's um, talk about something that I didn't fully appreciate until I was working for a company that raised venture debt. You know, we, we raised, I don't want to say how many millions, but millions, but we only drew a small amount up front, which is pretty different than a typical venture round where you raised 10 million and. You know, next thing you know your bank account is 10 million dollars like explain a little bit about how sometimes the startups can choose when and how to draw the the venture debt and what that means
0: yeah you're typically gonna structure a forward commitment because again you're raising money when you don't need it when you've just done an equity round and so the last thing you want to do is draw this money down as a company and then pay a bunch of interest the lenders understand that so they'll structure something where you have six to 12 months to draw the money down at that point you'll have kind of a, uh, your interest only period will be really tied out to when you start running out of cash. Most lenders want you to draw the money down when you have at least three to six months of cash in the bank still. So you might structure a deal or complete a deal when you have maybe 15 months of cash. And if you follow my math, nine months later, draw the money down. Now there's a real art to this because what you don't wanna do is draw the money down on like the last day before you run out of cash, which some, Entrepreneurs like to do because they minimize the amount of interest they're paying to me That's very short-sighted because say things are not going great and the lender puts doesn't want to fund you There's something called a funding material adverse change clause or funding Mac in most deals Meaning the lender has the option of funding you or not when you draw the money down If that's in the deal and the lender decides for whatever reason that something's gone wrong Maybe you fired the CEO or maybe there's no sales or whatever it is. They can say no at which point you're out of cash. So I always say kind of draw it with like six months left in the bank in case anything weird happens with the lender. Or another thing is just you're kind of making the lender feel good and knowing that they're not the last resort and you plan on taking this money down, there's no adverse selection. So that's that's how I do it. You know, I have, I've had other companies that say, you know what, I am gonna draw this down very, very early after I raise the money because I just want it in my bank account. Now that's actually, there's something to be said for that because once the money's in the company's bank account, it's very difficult for the lender to get the money back. You, you've heard of clauses like material average change clause or investor abandonment clauses. Those are kind of squishy terms designed to create a default if the company is not doing very well and something's changed or the investors are not gonna put more money in. But having the, ca- the debt capital in your bank account the lender has to go through extraordinary measures to rip that money out of your account. They damage their reputation, the VCs will never do another deal with them, and they're at risk of a lawsuit unless it's highly defensible. So it's, I always, that's kind of why I say like, at least six months before you run out of cash, pull the money down so it's sitting in your account. But again, I've had CEOs who draw it down right away.
1: Regardless of how experienced you are in this market actually going and raising venture debt, it is a process and you've helped a number of our clients do that. Do you want to talk a little bit about who you are and how your team here helps companies that uh, that, that want to raise money?
0: Yeah, totally. So uh, my before I joined Cruise Consulting, I actually worked at Lighthouse Capital, one of the leading venture debt funds, for nine years. I worked my way up from analyst to partner. Did about a hundred million dollars of deals. So you might have heard of like Angie's List or Upwork or Impossible Foods or Zest Cash or Serena Lily did tons of deals. I had never actually like built a company. And so that's what was really attractive to me to join Vanessa at Cruise Consulting. And we've now built the company up quite a bit. It's been awesome. Uh, But I still like venture debt and I still am friends with all the people in the industry. And I still realize that's an awesome tool for the entrepreneurs. And so I do encourage our companies that are doing very well at Cruise Consulting, the ones that are executing and have a real kind of defined path to their next round to take venture debt. Because again, it extends the runway helps them optimize their valuation and, and probably raise more money. So what we do on behalf of our clients is we go out and introduce them to all the lenders they could ever want to talk to. I think we have like 15 lenders on our call sheet. Um, we make uh, intros to lender to lenders, we schedule those. We do a, a lender uh, pitch meeting. You kind of like how you pitch a VC, you pitch the lenders, because again, they're looking to underwrite the next round. They want to make sure you can raise more capital. And then once you start getting term sheets, We'll actually break down those term sheets, show you the, the key terms, show you the key you know, interest rates, warrant coverage, material versus change clause, investor abandonment, all that stuff. And then we help you negotiate them. So we go back to the lenders on your behalf and ask for different stuff. And then finally, we put it all into a presentation and do a board uh, meeting. And so oftentimes, you know, we're probably doing the board call for like half an hour, um, but it's highly valuable to the board and the CEO because I know the industry. I know what I'm doing. So oftentimes they have a general idea of what venture debt should look like, but maybe some of the subtleties they're missing, or they only know one lender and they don't know three or four of the other lenders that they should be talking to. And so by giving them a board ready deck, it really makes it a really constructive conversation and it helps them pick the best loan and lender for the, for the startup.
1: Great. Very cool, man. So- how does somebody get in touch with you uh, to get help around yeah. their venture
0: debt? We, we've got a ton of content on our homepage. So go to Cruise Consulting and then click the Venture Debt link at the top. You'll see I've recorded something like 30 videos. They're all about a minute or two long, so they're really kind of bite-sized. We've had amazing feedback to the videos. The CEOs love the videos, so like check those out. Um, you'll learn a ton. We also have every important term defined in Venture Debt, so investor abandonment, Mac... Drawdown period, forward commitment, anything you can think of, is there's a definition so you can see it. And we have all the lenders that we talk to so you can see exactly what the universe looks like. And then finally, we have kind of uh, a general guidance on what the, the prevailing interest rates are and warrant coverage and all that kind of stuff. And So all you got to do is go to that page. There's so much information. And then there's a pop up. You just fill it out. I'll get your email and I'll schedule time and do a call with you.
1: That's it. That's great. So great conversation, Scott. Thanks.
0: Awesome. All right, Haley. Thank you.